Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 97. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, uh, mostly technology, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, December 19th, 2019. Uh, visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along. And uh, yeah, leave any feedback, it's always appreciated. So again, that's pixelswim.com, uh, get in touch there. So with that said, let's dive into our weekly feedback notes and links. Uh, so feedback from episode 96, thank you to Guillermo Ortiz, who said he was, uh, or on MeWe, who said he was uh, excited to listen to the episode with Tom Stewart. So yeah, thanks again, Tom, for coming on. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed that one. That was. Uh, it's always nice to have Tom on. He's practically a co-host at this point. So uh, thank you to Tristan G. I'm just going to say G because I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it. I'm pretty sure I've butchered it in the past. So thank you to Tristan for reaching out on MeWe as well. Uh, he says no interference this time. Yeah, because I, I actually, uh, the interference that I was having in those few episodes was my phone. Uh, my <laughs> Moto X4, uh, clearly the cellular inf- interference was uh, the, the problem because I just moved it away from the microphone now during the podcast. So, But uh, he also says that he can't wait till, uh, till the next podcast to see if I've managed to fix the Pixel. So I'll get into that a little bit. Thanks, Tristan, for reaching out. Thank you to Kyle Helms on Twitter who reached out a little bit more about uh, the Plex, uh, watching Plex remotely. Uh, not on your local network, and I think he kind of uh, the kind of sum up what he uh, sent me this next time uh, was that that uh, you have to access Plex, I think, through the browser in order to watch it remotely, and you have to enable uh, remote access in the Plex server settings for that. Uh, essentially, because yeah, I uh, unfortunately can't use the remote apps like the Android app or anything like that to watch remotely. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to look into that and, you know, maybe a Plex passes in the future. I know I keep saying it, but we shall see. But yeah, that's all the feedback from episode 96. Thank you to everybody again. Uh, head over to pixelswim.com and find, uh, you can find all the things for the feedback there. But anyway, with that said, uh, I'm going to skip the LG G6 weekly report again, two weeks in a row. Uh, but next week will be the series finale of the LG G6 Weekly Report. Not the season finale, the series or finale uh, for the entire series. I know, I think they call seasons of shows series over in the UK. Uh, so, yeah, but, but it's the end. It's going to be the end of the LG G6 Weekly Report next week. So just uh, stay tuned for that. But I just wanted to mention it. All right, so the biggest chunk of my notes here is kind of uh, kind of an explanation of sorts of what I've kind of been going through over the past few weeks or months, and it's probably not going to come as much of a surprise. Uh, this is all phone related, so uh, I've had a few realizations recently uh, as far as phone fixing and and repair and stuff like that. Uh, ultimately, I found that I find much more pleasure in taking phones apart as opposed to actually using them. Uh, I still like using them, don't get me wrong. Um, I was actually I was talking to my wife the other day and I said I think I get more excited when something breaks on the phone <laughs> than actually getting a new phone, you know, that kind of a thing. So 
Uh, I, I'm a tinkerer. I like to fix things. I like to troubleshoot. So I think I've always kind of felt that way, but I've never really realized just how much I enjoy the process of taking a phone apart and putting it back together or fixing it or not fixing it, just taking it apart in general. Uh, that process has always been uh, very fun and satisfying for me. So I kind of want to invest in that idea more as a hobby. So again, all of this probably isn't coming as much of as as much of a surprise as it may seem. So uh, not, and I don't really want to invest in this as a hobby for any sort of like business or profit motives. Um, I think it's really just comes down to uh, it's it's kind of my entertainment. Uh, I, I think working on these uh, phone fixes and stuff that I have in the past has really been enjoyable for me. So essentially, it, you know, take my entertainment budget of, you know, or things or, or that budget where I'm where I'm purchasing devices and sort of put it towards this idea, this hobby of fixing or taking apart phones. So uh, and obviously, this is better to do with phones that are already broken and have a good reason to take apart. So uh, you know, I'd, in the past, uh, when I've had to fix a device or something like that, you know, I have to wait for my my phone to break or either that or, you know, if I take something apart, I might accidentally break it. So it's uh, far cheaper to buy broken phones. And I know that's kind of a, an obvious thing to say. So but with that said, uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to start fixing broken phones, uh, m mainly for the process of doing it. Um, there's been some motivating factors really kind of over the past past few weeks and months uh, that have or, and years honestly since the the beginning um, obviously my past experience is fixing phones uh, firsthand experience with the satisfaction and dismantling and fixing a device is uh, you know it's been the driving force of all of this I think uh, and and honestly over the past month or two, uh, the, my favorite YouTube channels have really been very motivating as far as me wanting to kind of get my hands dirty and get my hands in on the uh, phone fixing, phone teardown type world. Um, for me, that's just how, you know, obviously fixing a, a phone is, is, that's kind of what I'm aiming for here, but uh, taking it apart is just as important. So there's a few YouTube channels, there's four of them here that have kind of been really motivating and uh, for the first is Jerry Rig Everything uh, to say what you will about him uh, for someone like me he watching him do the teardowns is uh, is very uh, interesting to me so I, I had a general fascination with his durability tests I don't you know I don't take I kind of take those with a grain of salt uh, it is kind of you know it's interesting information you know over time you know, it's nice to stuff that's nice to know I know people have different opinions on his uh, durability tests uh, basically breaking phones and, and shattering them and etc but uh, like I said my major fascination on his channel is when he does the teardowns of the devices uh, when he gets inside of them and uh, kind of goes over all the parts to the device. Uh, so yeah, Jerry Rig Everything, definitely a motivating factor in this. Um, another channel that I've, I watched one of his videos uh, years ago uh, is Strange, Strange Parts. So this guy uh, who mainly, I believe, has lived over in China. He's an American that's lived over in China. Uh, he, I, I have a major fascination with the custom projects that he does. Uh, they are... Uh, usually technology based, but he's 
done kind of really interesting things uh, specifically with phones. So one of his big things was after the iPhone 7 came out, he basically tried to add a headphone jack to that because the iPhone 7 came out without a headphone jack. It was the first one, uh, uh, first iPhone without a headphone jack. And so he set about trying to legitimately add one to the device, basically, you know, with soldering and different cutouts and, and stuff like that. And so he, you know, he does a really good job of editing as well and kind of putting together the story of how he did it. Um, him being over in China, he has access to a lot of parts, you know, a lot of parts markets over there. So it's a lot quicker and easier for him to do this sort of thing. But uh, really fascinating to me. Uh, and really with him too, I think his personality, I've had some really relatable moments with him. I mean, when he's working on a project and he's just, you know, he has those breakthrough moments. Uh, I kind of relate uh, a lot in the way that he reacts to that you know the the satisfaction that he gets from <laughs> the nerdy and geeky satisfaction that he gets from fixing something is or getting something to work uh, is very relatable to me uh, I can you know when you go through the process and you spent hours or days on something and you finally break through on it it's always uh, very, very satisfying. So yeah, strange parts. And I'll put a link to all these YouTube channels in the show notes so you can check them out as well. And then next on the list is Hugh Jeffries. And um, this is a recent one. Thanks to Frank Needhart for kind of pointing me in the direction here. Uh, I do have a fascination with him repairing and reviving devices. Uh, specifically, he does a lot of Apple stuff. Uh, and it kind of has motivated me, you know, to, to start looking more at Apple stuff, you know, that I can repair them myself, you know, uh, like I recently replaced the battery on that iPhone 6s um, because I was watching his videos, you know, made it look very easy based on the past experience that I've had. And, and for me, it was fairly straightforward. So yeah, Hugh Jeffries, um, interesting. And his videos are just calm. And I think Frank has, has mentioned that as well. They're very relaxing to watch. So it's very straightforward, kind of monotone. But uh, yeah, plus he's got his uh, Australian accent going for him, but uh, <laughs> probably one of my favorite uh, accents. But either way, uh, Hugh Jeffries. And then the last one that I've actually kind of recently discovered is a channel called My Mate Vince. My Mate Vince. And uh, essentially, this is a guy who is not a professional, uh, who's really super relatable for me because of the way that he fixes things. So he's just this guy in his house over in the UK. He's got, you know, a wife and kids and he just basically will repair anything, uh, not just technology, but mostly technology. He does a lot of game consoles and stuff like that, like PlayStations and old game consoles. And uh, but he will try and repair anything. And that the, his biggest thing is that he just tries. Again, he always mentions he's not a professional. You know, these are not how-to videos. They're just basically him troubleshooting what's wrong with something and trying to fix it to the best of his ability. Uh, and with him, I've had a lot of relatable moments similar to the Strange Parts guy uh, where he has that breakthrough and he finds the fault on whatever it is that he's fixing and is able to repair it. Uh, that's... I've... I've High, highly relatable to the to the emotional aspect of all of that. So all of these things have been super motivating and kind of helped me along with the realization that I kind of want to get into this a lot more, you know, invest in this that, uh, you know, I'm going to get a lot more uh, use out of trying to fix a phone as opposed to shopping for a phone, buying it, using it for a little bit and then getting bored, you know. 
Uh, so if I can have a, you know, a, some sort of steady flow of something to fix, I think that will be uh, good for me. So I'm, like I said, overall, I'm trying to invest in this as a hobby. So I'll probably be talking about it a lot more on the podcast. So with all that said, uh, I'm kind of trying to plan for the future a little bit uh, and essentially kind of set some goals and things that I want to achieve. Not anything very specific, but just ideas. So I want to get uh, better at phone repairs. <laughs> I'm not very good right now uh, as far as some of the more sensitive stuff. You know, opening up a device, not too bad, but uh, I need to practice some more. Uh, I pretty much, if the screen has to come off first, uh, I can... At this point, you can pretty much guarantee the screen is going to get broken, like I broke on the uh, the pixel that I got in. But uh, I, I want to expand my skill set in order to kind of do that, uh, to get better at these repairs. Mainly, I want to learn how to solder or solder, uh, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, I know it's solder here in the U.S., but uh, either way, uh, I want to start doing that. Uh, I want to get you know just a basic soldering iron kit along with some some soldering practice kits, you know, to kind of practice and learn and and how to solder in the first place. So uh, it's, it's tough. I know uh, it's going to take a lot of time and effort <laughs> to learn how to do it properly. Uh, and especially when I, you know, in the future, when I want to start do, doing some soldering on a phone, that uh, will be very difficult because it's, because it's very small. So phones have very, you know, it's like micro soldering. So it's uh, it's going to be difficult. But I just basically I want to get started uh, and, and start learning how to do it. Uh, this is really overall is a long game sort of thing for me. I want to start investing in that long game. So soldering is definitely a part of that. And eventually, maybe I'll be able to solder on that uh, SIM tray onto the LG G6 motherboard that I have. <laughs> so that's the whole idea. So overall, I kind of have some things I, that I want to remember as I start doing all of this. Uh, I want to really kind of take my time and have patience with everything that I'm doing here. I'm getting started on stuff, you know, like I fixed phones in, already in the past successfully, but uh, I, like I said, I'm not perfect at it. So I'm trying to make sure I take my time and, and have a lot of patience with, with all of this stuff because I tend to have sort of an impatient attitude and want to get things fixed, you know, and so... The, the thing is, is if I start fixing things, uh, when I get them in, uh, they're not going to be urgent, you know, and so I want to make sure I I really enjoy the whole process and, and not get in my own way with that, you know, by, by losing my patience. Uh, and really, over time, I also kind of want to find and use the right tools. Uh, that's where the soldering comes in. That's where uh, any sort of other toolkits or anything like that come in um, using things that are not made for phone repair uh, to, to sort of do phone repair is uh, it's going to be difficult. So I actually did find a kit, a phone repair kit, um, a bit kit, I guess you could say, for that has all of the, the screwdriver heads for fixing all sorts of devices. I actually found it at Walmart for about $13. I was shocked. And so it comes with uh, 
it's a 77 piece kit so it uh, it includes all of the pentalobe stuff for the iPhones and tiny Torx screwdrivers down to T2 which is pretty small so uh, it can cover uh, a wide gamut of phone repairs so and then and I want to get a better a better heat gun or I should say a smaller heat gun the one that I have I think is sort of industrial and it's a little too powerful <laughs> which I think is part of why the screens break uh, when I use it to heat up the the adhesive is because it just basically heats up the whole display and um, disassembles everything or kind of you know uh, detaches the screen from the glass and it's it's just too powerful i need a a weaker a weaker uh, heat gun but yeah so i, I want to make sure i get the right tools in and do it upright, you know, that way I get less frustrated. Uh, and I'm not worried about getting frustrated because the, that's part of the process, but uh, it's, you know, it's just keep bringing myself back is what I'm going to try and do. But most of all, I'm really just, I want to enjoy myself in all of this. Uh, that's really the biggest thing. And that's where the taking my time and having patience comes in. So yeah, that's kind of the plan for the future. Uh, and so shortly here, I'll talk about uh, some of the the uh, things that I'm that I've already purchased to get me going on this okay so the first thing that I got to uh, to stoke my new hobby here was uh, I've already mentioned it in the in the last episode was that uh, Google pixel first generation that I got for $30 on eBay uh, so I just thought I'd do an update on that so far kind of uh, what I've gone through with it so far so I took the phone apart uh, completely I think I mentioned that last episode uh, to kind of look at everything and inspect it. Uh, as I mentioned last episode, I did break the screen uh, when I was doing that. And again, my heat gun, I think, is way too hot for uh, what for fixing phones and, and you know melting adhesive to be taken off. Uh, so the OLED panel did separate from the glass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've uh, got to get a better, smaller heat gun for this uh, for the job. But either way, all of the uh, the mo the motherboard and all the different boards on the in this pixel looked okay. Uh, who knows for sure though? Uh, at least there was no corrosion on them. Uh, there was no uh, water damage uh, because there is a water damage sticker in the device. Uh, I think it's near the the charging port, but either way, it's it looked fine. It was completely white and not pink. It looked brand new, so everything looked actually okay. So I'm, I'm hoping there was no water damage done. Uh, doesn't indicate that there was, so that's always a good thing. But uh, and the battery itself in that Pixel seems okay. Uh, it has some weight to it, uh, so it does seem like it has a charge in it. At least it's holding a charge, and it's not bulging or looking odd or anything like that. So I think the battery might actually be all right in the Pixel. So. I'm going to keep that for now. So ultimately what I decided to do after kind of going through the phone and looking at all the parts and, and stuff like that is to order a new screen, <laughs> obviously, because I broke the first one. So now I can't, you know, I need that to tell if I fixed anything. Uh, so I ordered that up. I think I mentioned that last time as well. But uh, and I also ordered a new charging port board. So there's a, a board at the bottom of the the phone that holds the charging port and I think the vibrate motor and a couple other things but you can buy that as one piece uh, now this is something that you could potentially solder off the the charging port itself from the board but obviously I'm not at that level now but there is the part available for about $12 on eBay uh, and actually I ended up ordering one for $16 uh, that came with free returns <laughs> just in case it's uh, actually not the board that way I can return it 
if it doesn't work out. So yeah, so I ordered that board uh, be mostly because the USB-C connection seemed a little bit loose. Uh, and I've actually read a bit online that the board that board uh, can have problems in the Google Pixel. Uh, again, this is a small little board, you know, it's uh, about the width of the phone and about uh, half an inch tall. Uh, so it's not a very big board, so it uh, just mostly has that USB-C connection on it. So uh, that seemed a little loose in the one that's in there, so I figured that's a good place to start, especially since I have read that uh, could potentially be trouble. So, uh, so when I get the screen in, I'm going to actually try that first with all the original parts in the phone, just in case it was the screen to begin with. Uh, maybe it was. Uh, if it works, I'm going to return that charging port. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed that it's just the screen. That would be great, uh, and then it would be, be done. But uh, we shall see when those parts get in. i uh, got to go through the process again. So everything's still taken apart uh, on that, and uh, hopefully the new charging board will take care of things. But obviously, hopefully, the screen before that will take care of things. But we shall see what if those two things uh were the issue on this because if you, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but basically the phone doesn't power, uh, didn't have any, uh, it didn't power on at all. Uh, there was no indication of any charging or anything like that. So blank screen, no charge. Uh, the only small bit of life that I had out of it was when I first pulled it out of the box. Is it and I, you know, uh, press the power button and volume down or to try and get into the uh, bootloader had a small vibration that was it that was the only thing that happened so we shall see uh, when those parts come in I'll report back obviously on that so yeah that's how it's going on the Google Pixel that was kind of the beginning of my decision to start buying broken phones uh, so uh, that kind of leads me into my next thing <laughs> which is a, a face first dive into my new hobby so alright so the uh, next big purchase that I made for this new hobby endeavor of mine <laughs> is I uh, figured what better way to start than ordering a uh, a box of 16 broken, cracked, or not working Android phones for $70. <laughs> so on eBay, you can actually shop for lots of phones. Uh, not a lot of phones, but like a collection of phones, as in a lot. And uh, so I found one for $70. Uh, which comes out to about $4.40 per phone. So, like I said, what better way to start than just diving in with a whole bunch of broken phones and uh, going from there. Uh, but I found after I got that Pixel that I was just sitting waiting for parts and uh, had nothing to fiddle with. So uh, this was the, the best way, I think, to kind of go into things and, and really kind of occupy my time here. So uh, sh this should keep me busy for a while. Uh, there's lots of different options on eBay for this type of thing. Uh, but the this lot in particular, uh, I found some, uh, it had some intriguing devices in it that I kind of wanted to try. So the, the devices out of the 16 that kind of intrigued me, uh, and this is all based on the photo when I was purchasing it, the ones that I kind of found most intriguing is I saw that there was a quantity of three LG Stylo 4s. And so that's a device that I've actually looked at purchasing in the past. Uh, they, all, it looks like almost all of these devices, and at least from the photo when I was purchasing it, had a cracked screen. So uh, that's kind of the, the major theme in all of these. But there was three of the LG Stylo 4s. There was an LG X Power, 
which is actually a device I've looked at in the past. I don't think I've ever mentioned this one, though. It's uh, basically an LG device that I think it has a 5,000 milliamp hour battery in it. But uh, And then there was also a Nokia 2.1. Uh, this was a Verizon version of it, at least I could tell because it had uh, Verizon printed on the back of it, but that was kind of intriguing. That one runs a version of Android Go, uh, and it has a big battery as well. Uh, there was also an HTC 10 Evo, uh, so this is very much like the HTC 10. I think it's a little bit bigger and doesn't have a headphone jack, but uh, yeah, I'm curious uh, to try and get that one going. Uh, there was also a OnePlus X, uh, so it's, the, it's an older OnePlus phone. But uh, it's very iPhone looking. Uh, there's the Galaxy S7 Edge, uh, the, or I should say, the last one in the in the in this lot that intrigued me was that there was an, a Galaxy S7 Edge. Uh, this is also a Verizon one too. Uh, I could tell that they were all sort of U.S. carrier model phones. Uh, so yeah, I, actually, I put together. I did get them in. Uh, so like I said, seventy dollars, four dollars and forty cents per phone. That's how I'm calculating it. So pretty cheap. I got them all in, and so yeah, there were three Stylo 4s, there was a Nokia 2.1, a Galaxy S7 Edge, a OnePlus X, an LG X Power, the HTC 10 Evo, uh, those are all the ones that intrigued me, <laughs> uh, So, and then the rest of them, uh, because there was three of the Stylo 4, remember, is there was a Samsung Galaxy Soul 3, this looks like a variant of the... Uh, Galaxy J3, but uh, for Cricut Wireless over here in the U.S., which runs on uh, AT&T. Uh, there was an LG Optimus G Pro, uh, which is an AT&T AT version over here in the U.S., uh, that one. And then there was a T-Mobile Revel Plus. Uh, this is a sort of a T-Mobile branded smartphone. I've talked recently about the Revelry Plus whatever uh, that was kind of a copy of the G7. This one's an older version of the T-Mobile's self-branded smartphones. There was also a ZTE or ZTE Blade Spark, uh, an AT&T version of it. Uh, that one is uh, actually the screen I think was working okay on that one, but... Uh, yeah, there's also an there was a this is the best one and <laughs> as far as names as names go in the batch, uh, there's an Alcatel One Touch Pixie Glory LTE. So uh, kind of a budget device. Uh, there, and then there was three blue phones. Uh, blue phones, I think, are a manufacturer over, over here in the U.S. based out of Florida, but they put out super budget phones. Uh, so there was a Blue Studio XL2 and a Blue R1 HD and a blue vivo one plus uh so that kind of rounds out the 16 there uh i when i got the box in it was yesterday uh after i was done working i opened it and kind of you know it was like a kid <laughs> again this is where the trying to have patience comes in is i was like a kid on halloween with the all the candy at home so i was kind of indulging very quickly through all of these devices trying to figure them you know look at all of the ones that i wanted eating up all the candy that i wanted and then uh, getting frustrated um, when some of them weren't working and and then I had to kind of step back and remember I have uh, all the time in the world to work on these and try and get them back up and running. Um, they're mostly, like I said, carrier phones here in the U.S., so that could pose an issue software-wise with some of these. Uh, the one that I was trying to get working yesterday as far as software goes, because uh, it needs a new screen, is the Nokia 2.1. That's the one that I kind of wanted to try out right away, uh, but it uh, is actually Google locked. So 
<laughs> this is kind of really frustrating because this is very much like the Apple ID lock that you find with an iPhone where essentially the phone is useless uh, if you are trying to to reset it, factory reset it, even uh, fact, hard, doing a hard reset. You cannot, it still requires you to put in the previous owner's email address or phone number or some other verification. Uh, essentially making the phone useless. So it's a little bit frustrating, but uh, I think ultimately what it came down to is uh, where am I going to start now <laughs> with all of these phones? And I think where I'm going to start as far as fixing them is I'm going to go with one of the uh, LG Stylo 4s. Uh, one of them is on Metro PCS and doesn't have any sort of lock on it as far as a pin or a pattern or anything like that. Uh, so I'm going to try, probably try and get an LG Stylo 4 up and running um, and, and try that out as my next, you know, as my first part of the project here. So because even if I order parts now, I have devices that I can tear down. You know, I have things that I can figure out a little bit more of and actually created a spreadsheet for all of these uh, and kind of put all the faults on each one in there so I wouldn't forget. You know, I plugged them all in and uh, to see if they would take a charge and luckily all of them actually do take a charge. Uh, so that means that there is potential in all of them. <laughs> so none of them are completely dead like this pixel that I've been working on. So uh, yeah, uh, some of them may be a wash, like uh, those blue phones. Uh, the, I think it's kind of, at least from what I found, difficult to find parts for them. They're cheap phones. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of third-party parts out there for those. I don't think people fix those. I think they just toss them, which is uh, unfortunate. Uh, in, in that case, I'm going to determine over time which ones are kind of a wash and not worth it, and then I'm just going to recycle them. Uh, and I do that here in the in my neighborhood here by going to the local Best Buy who will take electronics recycling. Uh, so I, I'll figure that out over the weeks as we go. And I'm kind of keeping, like I said, keeping a spreadsheet and a log of every device in this lot. Uh, that way I can keep everything straight in case I take a break, you know, and go back. I don't have to keep plugging things in and, and seeing if they work or figuring out what's wrong each time, you know. But uh, like I said, this should keep me busy for a while and I'm quite honestly I'm not really that worried if none of them can actually get back up and running because as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode here is that um, it's really about the process of trying to uh, of going through the troubleshooting and the teardown and, and getting my hands on and get, getting my hands dirty with all this stuff uh, that's really uh, not in, as important to get them up and running but honestly obviously it would be really nice if I could uh, and if I can restore some of them, you know, reinvigorate some of them, I might, you know, keep a couple depending on what they are or how they're working and if they'll work for me kind of a thing. Uh, I might sell some of them, you know, real cheap on, on, on Swappa or eBay or something like that. Uh, even if I take a loss, not really worried about that, to, you know, at least make up for some of the cost of the parts to repair it. But uh, may give some of them away. That's the biggest thing. So anybody here in the U.S., uh, if I over the week, you know, next month, few months or whatever that I have these devices trying to get them back up and running. If there's something that may, uh, you know, work for you on your network here in the U.S., if you want to give it a try, you know, uh, maybe I'll just, you know, send those out, you know, for the cost of postage kind of a thing. So again, none of this is about any of the money. <laughs> so it's really all about just, you know, the process of getting these things 
uh, taken apart and and see if I can fix them. If not, that's okay. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to update my phone history on my website with these phones. These do not uh, count towards that. These are uh, a project basically. So yeah, uh, kind of interesting. I, like I said, I really dove face first into this one. So we'll see how it goes. Um, again, you're going to have patience with these. And of course, I'll be reporting back on you know, the status of all these. And I think at some point I'll probably put the spreadsheet of the status of each of these on my website somewhere. Uh, so, you know, you can, people can potentially check in and see where I'm at with uh, some of these devices. So I, I know there's a way to embed this uh, Excel online spreadsheet, which I've already looked into. So maybe I'll get that posted soon. I'll report back on that. But uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to going through these again, trying not to I'm trying to pace myself, so uh, yeah, very uh, happy to get going. All right, so let's wrap things up here on episode 97 of the Pixel Swim podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, head over to pixelswim.com for the show notes, or any, if you want to get in contact, there's plenty of ways over there to do it. So, uh, and, and before I take off here, I did also want to recommend real quick that uh, I recommended this podcast last year right around this time. Uh, it's called The End of the World by Josh Clark. Uh, it's a 10-episode podcast uh, about existential threats <laughs> to humanity, and it's super fascinating. I'm listening to it for the second time now because it's been about a year, and I you know, don't remember most of it. Uh, it's just a really well-done and interesting podcast, so I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes again just because I think it's worth it. It's, uh, it's uh, become one of my favorites, and I'm kind of foreseeing myself listening to this once a year. So, uh, yeah, The End of the World... Uh, podcast by Josh Clark and Josh Clark is from the uh, stuff you should know podcast as well so yeah check out the show notes for that but uh, either way also before I sign off uh, everybody have a great Christmas uh, to everyone who's celebrating it this week uh, I hope it's a good one I, I'm taking a little time off next week but uh, should I'm trying to have an episode out next week but uh, that could change real quick so there's the holiday next week but uh, either way uh, happy and Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, you take your pick, you circle one. Um, so uh, have a great holiday with your families, everybody. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week's episode when I can talk a little bit more about uh, these broken phones. But uh, hope it's a good one for everybody out there. Have a great afternoon or evening or Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever part of Christmas it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. Godspeed.